Namaste Jai Hind welcome to another edition of the ANI podcast with Smita Prakash This episode is being filmed in Bhuvaneswar the capital of Odisha My guest today is Mr V K Pandyan a former bureaucrat and close confidant of the chief minister Navin Patnaik The very elusive V K Pandyan has never given a television interview or podcast in fact he rarely speaks to the media so this episode of the podcast is all the more special because many people say that Mr Pandyan is a political figure who's being groomed to take over the party reins once Mr Navin Patnaik the current chief minister retires from active politics Mr Pandyan thank you so much for being part of the podcast I'm really looking forward to our conversation Same here Jai Jagannath thank you Jai Jagannath Jai Jagannath So um I'm of course going to begin with uh who's this mystery man Mr Pandyan nobody knows uh in the country uh who's this person because there's so much mystery around you because you don't give television interviews you don't give news interviews only and uh, everybody wants to know what it is about Mr Pandyan that people uh wonder that he keeps to himself elusive person so introduce yourself uh to the people of the country and to even odias perhaps i i got inspired by honorable cm mm. <laughs> Correct. His style is that. that. Yes. And uh, till the other day, I was in uh, in the uh, in the Indian Administrative Service, huh. where we have to be behind the screen always. Huh. You do work for the government, so you don't get a chance to come out in front. But I've seen that you know uh, you. you take it to another level completely you know you even when there's criticism uh, about you you are shy about it you don't uh, respond you don't uh, react you just do your work i've seen so um, is it because uh, you were directed by navin babu or is it your natural self i think one gets inspired being with him for more than a decade <laughs> you are working so closely with him huh. you get to see how he reacts to situations how he reacts to uh, criticism huh. so you get inspired by him perhaps something as something of him has rubbed in me <laughs> but you know uh, he uh, he has a number of years of experience you are a young bureaucrat uh, and you were posted in you know tough uh, areas yeah. like in kalahandi and all that it was like a phenomenal work that you did so i'm sure as a young person you would have lost your temper at times and you would have like why are they writing this against me what is this you don't feel like responding ever i i thought that the work should speak that's like how sachin said that <laughs> my bat should speak okay. so our work should speak more than so tell me what is it about uh, mr pandian that uh, a five term chief minister trusts him so implicitly i also keep asking him this <laughs> <laughs> i'm still waiting for an answer from him okay perhaps we both share that commitment for people okay something which i got inspired from him right In fact, uh, I got Punjab cadre initially in 2000, hmm. and in 1999, super cyclone had hit Odisha very badly. Hmm. Odisha was in a very bad shape, hmm. so there was a dilemma of which cadre I should move. Hmm. So I decided to go to Odisha because Mr. Navin Patnaik had taken over as Chief Minister of Odisha, and the director of our academy said that go to Odisha, you will get great great chance to work. and there is a honest person who has become chief minister okay so you'll get great scope to work 
so that's how i came to odisha and from that day i got great uh, deal of uh, uh, independence to work in whichever post i have been whether it is sub collector or additional district magistrate in raurkela or as district magistrate in two districts including his own district what was the first meeting that you had with mr navin patnaik tell me about that uh, i was sub collector young sub collector he had come to inaugurate some projects in uh, where was this in kalahandi garamgad hmm. so that was the day he was uh, it was 2003 or 3 so that was the time india today has had adjudged him as one of the top chief ministers of the country first time hmm. so he had come with that uh, india today and he was reading that magazine okay so that is the first uh, memory i have of our honorable chief minister and what was your first impression when you met he him he was unlike a political person okay. whatever stereotype one has about a political leader he was completely unlike very warm very down to earth very humble and had an uh, eye for good work he had come and he he immediately appreciated me for two three things which i thought was very nice of him to tell to mm. such a junior officer at what that was time. the uh, work he spoke about uh, the paddy procurement which i was doing okay um, which the administration was doing uh-huh. uh, kalahandi used to be a food deficit uh, district yes. kalahandi was known for those uh, i remember as a journalist my generation of people would koraput and kalahandi would you know be the like the dark zones Absolutely. of the country of famine of uh, uh, food shortage and uh, all starvation, starvation deaths and yes. child sale and all those things used to happen yeah. so during our chief minister's time the face of kalahandi actually changed he brought in uh, irrigation uh, in a large scale mm. so he transformed the gray areas of drought prone areas into green areas mm. so we have food surplus in kalahandi when i was posted there in 2003 4 we have to sell lot of paddy that was a big challenge and ensuring minimum support price for uh, the farmers and from subsistence agriculture that was practiced out there yes and bare uh, subsistence even absolutely. if i may say that absolutely you were selling it for rest of the state absolutely that's mm. one of the biggest transformations the chief minister had done for odisha mm. in 2000 we used to be a food deficit state mm. we used to depend on uh, punjab haryana other states for our own food security mm. the public distribution system will wait for uh, rail wagons to come from other states okay so if their wagons are delayed their food security and the i mean the public distribution system will get delayed mm. so the chief minister decided that he will Odisha has so much of water so much yeah. of fertile land huh. so one of the biggest challenges he took was that uh, he will change transform the agriculture of Odisha okay so he invested heavily in irrigation he invested in agriculture practices hmm. and in 7 years 8 years Odisha had become self sufficient huh. in food food grain production it became self sufficient Okay. in uh, in 11 years odisha became food surplus that is one of the biggest transformations we bought and now we are the third largest contributor to the country's food security so from a food insecure state odisha has become a food surplus state contributing the yeah, to absolutely the... the third biggest contributor okay so uh, the steps that he took did he have like were the people of odisha completely on board was his political party completely on board when he was bringing these transformative changes i think people were uh, very happy with whatever he was doing in mm. every field mm. whether it is disaster management where he has set global benchmarks or food security 
our tribal empowerment our education every field that is why perhaps he got uh, pro incumbency instead of anti incumbency yeah. which sets in even after one one term anti incumbency sets in yeah. he is now five term chief minister and in every election his uh, margins go high his vote percentage is going high and perhaps he will repeat the same in 2024 as well <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, sir i wanted to ask you this you know uh, when uh, navin babu started his career in politics everybody was like oh he's he's not a son of the soil he's anglicized he doesn't speak the language so this kind of talk was done but somehow as you said that there's no anti incumbency with him people of uh, odisha uh, not just forgive him not just accept him they embrace him despite him uh, not being one of the like i said son of the soil uh, so how does that work uh, how are people of odisha not so uh, parochial should i say or so uh, uh, language uh, chauvinistic that they want somebody who speaks fluent pure pure odia uh, i think language is to connect with people mm. the masses he does it very well mm. in spite of whatever limitation one will accuse him of speaking the language he connects with people the best and that's what works in democracy correct his language is the language of people hmm. he speaks from his heart which people appreciate he doesn't have anything to hide he's he's so transparent that people love him for what he is so even with you it's like that right because uh, you're a tamilian by birth so uh, i would think that when uh, you know you chose to come to uh, uh, odisha and work out here you have a similar kind of a trajectory in the sense that you are not fluent with the language though you learnt it uh, but again you've managed to work out here for so many years now so when you come to odisha only you are asked to write an exam you have to clear an exam of 8th standard or something hmm. then you clear the exam then you take up post here in the state hmm. uh, so i uh, i think language is uh, not a limitation if you know people and you understand their issues hmm. you you solve their issues people are more concerned about uh, how transparent one is with them and how committed are are they to their cause yeah. i think that that really works and that's an inspiration one gets from the chief minister as well See, but uh, even though i won't agree that he is not so fluent hmm. he's no he, i'm he, talking with when he came to politics oh that time yeah at right. that time okay. he was okay. like he was considered like you know uh, somebody not uh, accustomed to you know living here in odisha yeah. he'd come from outside and he had uh, even his english uh, was uh, you know anglicized english so i think he used he used uh, all those things as his strength yeah he was very fresh he was open to ideas and he saw everything with an open mind which is very rare in a political situation you come with preconceived notions preconceived ideas he was fresh in politics he was uh, he, he didn't have much experience so he came with open ideas open mind so that also helped him to a great extent so when um, you worked with him initially if you remember uh, even the politicians of uh, orissa used to say that you know uh, he relies more on bureaucracy not so much on politicians not even his own party uh he he wants his work done by uh, by the bureaucracy and he will ignore uh, 
some of the criticism or some of the ideas that come from his own party workers. Uh, so how did bureaucracy uh, respond at that time? The reason I ask is because it's a it's a problem that many chief ministers face, how to balance the needs and aspirations of the political class and how to deliver get things delivered by the bureaucracy. So how did Naveen Babu uh, deal with the bureaucracy? I think he supports good work, hmm. transparent work. He stands behind you. I can give an example of what happened with me when I was uh, a young sub-collector in Dharamgad in 2003, Kalahandi 2003-04. I was uh, going all out against uh, rice millers who are doing uh, mischief hmm. in ensuring uh, minimum support price. So I was going really hard on them. Hmm. So all of them joined together and came in 2003 to the state headquarters and met the food and civil supplies minister. That time it used to be a coalition government between BJP and BJD. Hmm. So uh, the coalition minister, I think he was from BJP. Hmm. So they came and met. These millers had this idea as to how offices used to get transferred overnight hmm. during the Congress regime. So they thought that will happen. They all came. Apparently they all collected some money and came <laughs> saying that we should get this officer out. So when they met the minister, food and civil supplies, he laughed and said that this is Navin Patnaik's government, you can't get a transfer, officer transferred for doing good Who work. Who said this? The minister told the, the, minister. the, minister told the rice millers. Hmm. So straight from here, they all came and met me in my office, night 9 o'clock or something. <laughs> they came and apologized and said that times have changed. Navin Patnaik is known for standing behind honest officers. We apologize to you. We will think that uh, business is cyclical. <laughs> we are going through a tough situation now. <laughs> so we'll adjust and we'll do good work now. Yeah. That's what they said. So there was no threat at that time. I mean, uh, of course, um, bureaucrats across the country have that experience where, uh, where, you know, business owners who are used to a certain way of doing it and if bureaucrats don't do it, like sand mining and, you know, those kind of mafias. Actually, the, the, I think the first year of his arrival, the chief minister arrested four or five super class contractors who were supposedly ruling the state. It sent shockwaves. He sent, uh, two, I think he, he sacked about uh, dozen, uh, half a dozen ministers on corruption. He arrested uh, three, four IS officers on corruption. So he, the narrative was very clear <laughs> that mm -hmm. if you do good job, honest job, he will stand behind you. So when you asked about how do bureaucrats perform in uh, uh, Navin Patnaik's regime, it's because of that uh, commitment, that support one gets from him, that he will stand by you. If you have done good job, transparent work, even if you do small mistakes, it's okay. He will manage it for you. But do it for the cause of people. That's what gives you that inner strength to work for the people. And uh, when you asked about... Oh, I think, goodness. Yeah, good the omen. <laughs> I mean, for my first interview, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, the lizard. I thought it's a bird, but I believe it's a... I think it's a lizard. <laughs> so, good omen. Yeah. So, I'm going to get like a million hits for this interview, that means. So, yeah, so yes. Go ahead. So, he is very clear about where to draw the line between bureaucracy and uh, the political executive. Hmm. He knows what has to be done through the political executive how much you have to respect the political executive and how much you have to get work done by the administration, the bureaucrats. So he doesn't cross that line. So this is uh, what you're telling me is about bureaucrats, right? Yeah. What happens about, uh, about his own party? Because there have been minor rebellions um, 
and you know uh, mr pandian if you see the area around your state you know uh, there have been so many rebellions you know when you see jharkhand when you see uh, bihar you see uh, and you go a little further you see other states also you see madhya pradesh and and there, there have been rebellions within but somehow uh, it doesn't happen here uh, in orissa there have been minor rebellions but uh, navin babu seems to have quelled it all along i won't even call them as minor rebellions they are really small micro you can say mm. basically ego issues are super confident or over confident some people trying some mm. mischief if the leader is so popular amongst people if you are going to do a rebellion against him it's going to finish your political career and that is the very reason why in odisha nobody has tried any rebellion he is so popular you have to be there to see how people love him they wait for four five hours just to have a glimpse of him for half a second what kind of love and affection people have for him yeah he is so i don't think anyone dares to do any rebellion there was that one incident yes. remember when you were in you were with London. him in, in yeah. yeah you in were London, abroad yeah. and there was that one and uh, at that time there were this in delhi there were lot of rumors at least and oh the toppling will happen and all that so how was that managed perhaps that was his bad time mr pyarimon mohanpatra's bad time he 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 decided to mount it yeah he decided to mount it i would say that only that hmm. it was his bad time he decided to do something like that the chief minister is so popular uh, the day we landed back from london Uh, you know the airport how close it is it yeah. shares a boundary with the chief minister's residence hmm. from the airport to his residence we took two and a half hours or three hours to come reach that was the kind of crowd so much of emotions and he broke all records in the 2014 elections <laughs> after yeah. the after the coup and he this was when in 2000 uh, you know uh, uh, 12 in May. 2012 May. when there was this talk of this rebellion uh, and uh, there was you know disruption in in many states during that time but yes. here there wasn't yeah there tr- little bit uh, attempt was made hmm. but uh, the kind of people support i think everyone got scared nobody dared to cross the line yeah so the chief minister became more powerful after that i would say right and um, so do you think that that is the reason why mr modi and mr patnaik get get along so well because uh, mr modi is also a former chief minister and he also had this phenomenal support in his own state in gujarat so uh, do you think that uh, that is one of the major reasons why the two of them have a cordial relationship i would see from two three angles the relationship between uh, the honorable prime minister and the chief minister i have seen them interact from 2011 onwards i have been with them one angle is uh the respect they have for each other mm. they respect that people's mandate that genuine respect which comes when you enjoy the uh, confidence of people that is the first thing both of them have if you if you see both of them meeting for the first time you will see that as if they are they are great friends and meeting after a long time something like that you will feel that's mm-hmm. the kind of rapport both of them have the second is their commitment for uh, federalism why i am using this word federalism it was uh, upa 2 i remember they were mm-hmm. planning to introduce uh, nctc Hmm. national counter terrorism yeah. act or something mr chidambaram mr chidambaram's yeah. dream child and then they were giving more pass to rpf railway protection force hmm. through which they can uh, take action inside a state's territory all of it were encroaching the state's uh, hmm. jurisdiction domain hmm. 
that nctc was a stillborn it yeah. never happened so so what happened those times all of them used to talk to each other mr modi madam jayalalitha oh. and uh, uh, navin patnaik i remember they three decided to walk out of the uh, nda meeting uh, ndc national yeah. development council meeting must be 2011 12 hmm. all three of them decided we should be the first ones to walk out opposing this uh, ndc so all three of them came out and gave statements and they met in gujarat bhavan and in tamil nadu bhavan like that so mm. they had that uh, rapo from that time onwards mm. working for a cause working for federal principles keeping larger interest of country in focus right and do you think that that uh, cooperative federalism in a way uh, that was redefined in 2014 by the uh, center state relations that you have experienced and you have seen between odisha and the central government i would say so i would say so hmm. uh, to a great extent lot of things have been ironed out including the devolution even though we say that we have to get more uh, funds but there has been systemic improvements on that score but uh, you know many would think that uh, that is the cooperative federalism is what the bureaucracy will say or because you have a, your state has good relations with uh, the center that's why but the, the detractors will say it's a fixed match between bjp and bjd i'm asking you because now you're bjd you are not just a bureaucrat no when when bjd is not convinced about something bjd has not gone ahead with uh, bjp hmm. i'll give you two examples one is the farmers bill hmm. we didn't support bjd did not support farmers bill was withdrawn the second one was nrc our chief minister made it very clear it's not good for the country hmm. so there are instances where uh, the chief minister or the bjd has not supported the center in right. in uh, in issues which concerns the nation and when bjd or the chief minister is convinced about it they have supported so how does how does it work because um when it comes to voting uh, your party consistently votes with the bjp but on issues there are times when it doesn't work uh, but in spite of that there seems to be like you know in other states uh, one hears about double engine sarkar here it's not double engine sarkar it's not a bjp government but somehow uh, you your state seems to be accruing the benefits of being a double engine sarkar i think our chief minister believes in not doing politics when elections are not around he believes strongly in work mm. he says that i am in this job to work for the people whatever will help the state whatever will help the people of the state he will take that decision at that point of time he is very clear in his uh, approach let me come back to you otherwise we are talking about the state and navin babu all the time but i want to come back to you um you've been a bureaucrat for several years and uh, you uh, had the confidence and you have continue to have the confidence of the most powerful man uh, in the state why did you decide to uh, leave the bureaucracy and join the party okay i decided because i was inspired by the chief minister the way he was into public service and it was not a grand plan or something for me to enter i would say that uh, one year back if you had asked me hmm. are you going to join politics i would have firmly said a no and if somebody has my batchmates will laugh if uh, they 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 know that i have resigned and i have joined a party <laughs> because it was not in my plan at all one year 8 9 months back i started touring the districts and 
I saw the love and affection of people. It was very humbling. I thought that I should not be bound by bureaucratic rules in reaching out to the people. And that is the only reason why I resigned and joined, inspired by the Chief Minister. But I had no plans whatsoever to join politics. No But plans. Uh, over 10 years, you've been touring uh, the state with the Chief Minister, right? So how was this tour different from the earlier tours? So this time I toured on my own. Yeah. I have always traveled with the Chief Minister. This time I traveled on my own to all 30 districts, 146, 47 constituencies. We took this exercise because uh, after COVID, the footfall in the Chief Minister's grievance cell had reduced. We had uh, closed the grievance cell for two years. The Chief Minister's grievance cell. Okay, why? Because COVID. Ah, so okay. those times we closed and after that it never picked up. People had stopped coming, very less footfall in the grievance cell. Mm -hmm. So the Chief Minister decided that, why don't we reach out? Mm. This is the first time in a state, in any state, the Chief Minister office went and did grievance in a decentralized manner in uh, constituencies, in blocks. Mm. So with that, when I went there, And uh, I committed to people that your problem, this problem will be solved in 10 days. This problem will be solved in 15 days. This problem will be solved in one month. And uh, the system rose to that occasion and with Honorable Chief Minister's guidance, whatever timelines we had set, it was all being met. It was completely magical. Uh, we had thousands of petitions, all transparent way made has been disposed of. So when I went to the people, when I met them, I realized that there is a strong connect with people. And uh, I thought being a bureaucrat, I won't be able to reach out to them. I have to get out of bureaucracy. Did the, it, it was an inner call. Was it, uh, what, when did you tell Naveen Babu this? And was it the first time that this conversation happened between uh, you and Naveen Babu where you said you want to join the party? He also saw the videos and other things of people's interaction and everything. So then both of us discussed and yes, perhaps I should join and maybe I'll be of little help to him whatever way I could I could be. So he didn't suggest to you before that become part of the party? And so we never had a chance to have any discussion like that. I was very clear in what I was doing. I had no, no plans whatsoever. So which is what? Like uh, implementing what he tells you to do? Is that what you were doing? Implementing what he tells to do and also doing value addition. Implementation anyone can do. Okay. You have to add value. You should have the guts to say, sir, this may not work out. And he gave that freedom. He gave that confidence. At any time, if you think something what he is doing may not be helpful to the people or may lead to corruption, he gave the confidence to say, sir, this may not work well. It may not go well. Fine. He will ask me the reasons. We will say. So it, I, have, I have been part of major decisions of the state. Whatever value addition you can do with a clear heart, keeping only people in mind because I know his mind. He is for the people. And so it's easy to work. You will know from 360 degree, you will, you will have some grassroots idea to tell. So. But it's like, you know, uh, powerful bureaucrats, like uh, if I was to say, like say uh, Mr. Brijesh Mishra with, uh, with the Atal Bihari Vajpayee, uh, you know, they, were, they become like gatekeepers to their boss. So many politicians don't like it because you can't get closer to the boss. You can't talk. So like say uh, a number two or a number three, 
of of a political party then says that oh i have to go through this guy and he becomes the person who will interpret everything uh, so you know usually powerful bureaucrats have that issue with the party um, there's a lot of jealousy also involved so how are you going to um, keep that uh, you know now that you are part of the party now you have to gel with the party people also isn't it yeah so how does that work how will you have that I think hr I, problem <laughs> no no i think resolved? I, i have been working for more than a decade with bjd because you know that chief minister's office is a political office hmm. so you interact with mlas mps panchayat raj institutions on a daily basis whatever is their issues they come to the chief minister he gives it to you for sorting out coordinate with people so we have a great rapport with uh, i don't think that's a issue at all hmm. i've been working with them so should not be a problem but you were like uh, the unstated uh, thing the, you didn't have a post as such but everybody knew that all departments come under you no if you take the prime minister's office the principal secretary to prime minister mm. reviews all departments mm. it's the mandate which the prime minister gives right. it's the same in the chief minister's office i am not working as an officer there i am working on the directions of the chief minister in chief minister office all departments are under the chief minister every cabinet note comes to the chief minister office for approval every policy decision comes every posting which has of significance whether it is all india service or class 1 officers it comes to the chief minister so chief minister has control over all the departments and that's how accountability is fixed in democracy correct so you are there to help him aid him so there is nothing like who is junior who is senior or no you are representing the uh, chief minister in getting things done that's it yeah so there's there's principal secretary and there's cabinet secretary right so like when i spoke about brijesh ji and uh, yeah. atal ji that 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 is one um but brijesh uh, ji never did uh, politics as such you know he was like a coordinator with the bureaucracy and with the cabinet um then there is also rk dhawan and indira gandhi if you realize yeah. and rk dhawan had to do uh, the job of managing politics quelling rebellions uh, and especially when there were very very strong uh, you know uh, political uh, machinations that needed to be done uh, that dharam sankat did you have at any point of time no no i think uh, navin babu was so good at <laughs> managing everything mm-hmm. you are just a witness many times okay <laughs> you are just a witness many times but whenever it is within the sphere of my work mm. i'll happily contribute always and he is the boss mm. he is the chief minister of the state he enjoys the confidence you have to run that extra mile always for him so jumping from uh, the indian administrative service to a political career um that that's always a big decision to take for any bureaucrat um and especially now you know after the films have come out about how difficult it is to take the upsc exam and all that um your wife is also a bureaucrat what was the conversation at home before you decided to join politics i think i got always uh, support from my family my uh, mother my brother everyone i i nobody had uh, nobody had any issue with it because they know that i have that clarity in my mind hmm. what i want to do so i just told everyone that uh, uh, i think people people have some people have so much of love and affection i should not be bound by bureaucracy now i should i should move little, i should have little more freedom and i must confess even though i was a bureaucrat i was always little bit of an activist i had that streak in me always hmm. whether it is corruption whether it is 
working for the people you 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 take uh, if you take my career as a whole whether it is dharamgarh as sub collector when i worked for the farmers i faced threats i faced every every possible situation mm. but i had that great satisfaction that uh, i could ensure uh, minimum support price for farmers at that point of time and i put a system in place which was adopted then i went to raurkela as additional district magistrate i was heading a uh, agency called the raurkela development agency which was bankrupt mm. i had only 7 months tenure there retired people had invested their lifetime savings in raurkela development authority thinking that they will all get houses 20 years they have been waiting many of them are dead but raurkela development authority could neither repay nor give them houses i had 8 months time i took it as a challenge that i'll return back all the money to them i could do it without interest i went all out closed we all know about the supreme court orders on closing uh, commercial establishments in uh, houses domestic houses that happened 10 years later than when i did in 2004 5 closed all the residential premises having uh, commercial establishments mm. so in 2 months the raurkela development authority which was bleeding had got a 15 crore surplus and in fifth month we could pay back all the money to all those people retired employees people who have invested their lifetime ka savings who we must have given up anyway right given up all hope and mm. i stayed for only 8 months i am just giving you that examples little bit of activism was always there then i went to mayurbanj the largest district of the country mm. one of the largest districts of the country where you have this beautiful simli pal mm. i was one of the youngest collectors there in fact uh, uh when i joined there one political leader came to meet me on a sunday mm. so he he mistook he 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 uh, when i met him he asked uh, he smiled and i met him in my residence office i was wearing a shorts and a t-shirt mm. met him so he asked where is your dad i said he is back home or oh, when is he coming back i i i couldn't get it he may come any time he may come after 6 months then i realized that he is he confused my father for <laughs> the collector and <laughs> i said no no i am the collector here okay so in mayurbanj this is a tribal district i realized that uh, disabled people because it's a very large district disabled uh, differently able people persons with disability or i call them a differently able people hmm. they were not getting certificates hmm. for a differently able person That's he has to get that, that is the passport and for that he has to go to five offices to five different government offices you can imagine for a differently able person to go to tahsil office to go to rto office to go to collector office to go to block office five six offices he has to go to get his basic thing of a, yeah. uh, a differently able certificate and then he has to go to the chief district medical officer office to get the certificate he has yeah. to go in a queue the board sits if there are 500 people who have come or 100 people who have come that day the board may take up only 20 people or 30 people mm. so the differently able person has to come often mm. again and again to get a certificate it was a very painful process yeah. so i took up this as a challenge and we had decentralized single window camps throughout the state okay a district which was giving 700 certificates in a year we issued 19000 certificates in one year through this system and all 100% differently able who were identified were all rehabilitated with aids appliances corrective surgery and for that mayurbanj district got the first uh, best district in rehabilitation of disabled 
Okay. Then NRGS was introduced at that point of time. Uh -huh. I introduced bank payment system. So I'm giving each every example to show that little bit of an activist was always there. In if, uh, in fact, when I was doing this single window system, the doctors were not very supportive in the first instance. Nobody was supportive. Why? Because uh, they have to move to different places, ah. and it is a very transparent process. Hmm. Transparency hits sometimes. Correct. Yes. So the system was not very adaptive at that point of time, but later on the doctors had so much of satisfaction they all came and praised sir I, we never thought that this will work hmm. doctors bureaucrats officers none of them believed that this can work actually so but it was pushed and we delivered i got helen keller award for this generally it is given to activists hmm. It's yes, generally given to activists. Yeah, yeah yes. it's very rare to for a bureaucrat to get Helen Keller Award for yeah. working for the differently able. For differently able, so you have uh, you have the ability, and I think you take it up as a challenge uh, to ruffle feathers if need be. Uh, no, I take the team along. You take I take team. the team along, but I'm very firm when I decide something to be done. I went to Ganjam district after that. Just a one uh, more example. That's South Odisha. Yeah, right? South Odisha. That used to be chief. That is the chief minister's district as well. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Uh, so. NRGS was introduced, mm. M, uh, National Rural Employment Guarantee Scheme, mm. UPA had introduced mm. NRGS. Mm. So at that point of time, there was no need for payments to be made in uh, bank, through bank. Mm. But that is where corruption was all happening. If you don't make bank payments of wages, leakages, leakages happen. Mm. You have to get the muster roll, you can manipulate the muster roll, you show 100 rupees, but you pay only 50 rupees or 60 rupees. So I decided that we will go ahead with bank payments. Hmm. First of all, there was no concept of this opening mass bank accounts at that point of time. Now you have the Jandan and all those schemes to open bank accounts. Hmm. That time banks were also not ready to open zero balance accounts. Yeah. It was not a policy. Yeah, correct. So, but uh, somehow we you convinced the banks. We opened about 1,20,000 bank accounts, zero bank accounts, huh. when there was no policy. Okay. And uh, many of our people's representatives went to the chief minister and said that this boy is little theoretical. <laughs> he wants to pay all the bank wages through, sorry, uh, wages through banks. Bank account. Huh? Which is not being done throughout the country. Why he is interested? Huh. It will boomerang on us. This was just before the 2009 elections. So they told him, why don't you convince him or why don't you counsel him and say that after elections, why don't you experiment this? Hmm. Don't do this now. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to... Help because us. pilferage helps many people, right? Or uh, uh, one way is that and second is that maybe help you are... Help in the sense I want to put it in quotes. <laughs> help if you know what I mean. Or uh, one more way is that uh, you don't know how it is going to roll out. Hmm. It may actually anger the people hmm. to go to banks, collect money. Both are same. Both are uh, yeah. equally true. Yeah. So, so you stop the pilferage. So they all went and uh, the people's representatives went and suggested that uh, why don't we implement this great idea after 2009 elections. Mm. So the chief minister called me and asked me, Mr. Pandian, is it practicable? Will you be able to get it done? Mm. I told, sir, my plan is to uh, pay at least 100 crores through bank accounts to the people. You will see the impact, sir. Mm. Don't worry about uh, political fallout. People will support. Trust me. Mm. He trusted me. Okay. And... Uh, BJD, which was not getting all the seats in, not getting all the seats in uh, Ganjam. Ganjam, they will lose two, three, one like that. They got all the seats. People were so happy. Uh, I, the district and I was felicitated for uh, being the best district in the country for NRGS. 
I think Mr. Manmohan Singh was the Prime Minister. He awarded. And they took me in the task force of uh, NRGS in the central level. And one of the strong suggestions and case study which was given was from Ganjam. That if Ganjam district can pay 100, 100 crore rupees in six months as wages through banks, when there was no policy to pay through banks, then they implemented in 200 districts bank yeah. payment. That's how the bank payment in uh, NRGS started. So why I gave all these examples is, yeah. there is a chief minister who appreciated all these pro-people initiatives. Yeah, and that's he true. he appreciated the activist inside me as well. <laughs> yeah, because for a bureaucrat, it's it's uh, almost impossible to do these kind of reformative uh, changes without a political support, right? I think so. And in fact, many of my batchmates or many colleagues in IAS, they have all done well whenever there is a support like this. When you have a supporting chief minister, supportive uh, political leader who is happy to take risk for the sake of people, yeah. then, then things change. Okay. Uh, so, uh, let me please tell me a little bit about the Jagannath Temple Corridor because that is also a huge task that was undertaken and I believe that uh, some very uh, reformative changes have taken place uh, for devotees who uh, go to the temple and it's the beating heart of Odisha. Uh, it is something that uh, that signifies so much for people of the state. But before that, a short primer for viewers and listeners who may not know much about the Jagannath Puri Temple. The Jagannath Temple is a 10th century temple in Puri dedicated to the form of Vishnu. Puri is one of the four sacred sites or dhams of Hinduism, Badrinath, Dwarka and Rameshwaram being the other three. For generations of Uriyas who could not do the parikrama or the circumambulation around the temple because of congestion and encroachment, this is a wonderful opportunity. A huge and ambitious project costing about 800 crore rupees. This was completed in January 2024. It's been made possible for devotees now to have darshan around the magnificent temple with a wide corridor and a visual connect from all directions for the pilgrims and about 50,000 devotees visit the temple every day. So I'll come back to you and ask you as to how did you uh, do this, this corridor, how was it built? And uh, what were the challenges that you faced while building this? Because in addition to what you were talking about the district, uh, the changes that you brought, this is something that is uh, that has potential to make uh, the Jagannath temple not just something special for the people of the state and for Eastern India, but for everybody around the country. Uh, it was sometime in 2018. I was traveling with the chief minister to Puri. I think New Year's time. He goes to Puri on New Year's Day. Mm. I was sitting behind him in his car when we were traveling to Puri. First I saw in one hoarding of Lord Jagannath, he was closing his eyes and prayed. I missed it. After that, I, I thought, okay, maybe he saw Lord Jagannath in road for the first time in the hoarding. He prayed. Then after that, in another, fifth, uh, another one kilometer, there was one more hoarding and he closed his eyes and prayed. And then I saw that entire road of 50 kilometers, wherever he saw Lord Jagannath's photo in the hoarding, he closed his eyes and prayed. That gave me the courage to ask him. And I always knew that he is a big bhakta of uh, Lord Jagannath. Mm. So that gave me the courage to ask him. You are such a big bhakta of Lord Jagannath, sir. You want to do something for, this, uh, for the temple. Mm. So he said... I would be very happy if we clean up this place. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is how it all started with. 
in 2018 because of his personal commitment Absolutely. and you reading that i, I reading that and uh, uh, i go to lord jagannath temple every saturday and i have seen how much people want changes to happen in the surrounding they wanted to do parikrama they couldn't do parikrama because the main road is the road in which they have to do parikrama and it's congested there it was it's a thoroughfare mm. it's the main road of the puri town mm. so you can't do parikrama coming to the honorable chief minister so when we discussed uh, so we called the then mp and uh, mla of puri and said that i only discussed with them mm. boss things like that he wants to do something like this Mm. he wants to clean up 75 meters all surrounding the temple 75 meters was suggested by a judicial commission that for the safety and security of the temple you have to clean up 75 meters from the uh, temple all sides so the mp and mla put their uh, hand in their head and sat down <laughs> <laughs> and said that i don't think it's a good idea taking 10 10 meters itself is a mammoth task nobody has attempted i think please uh, tell honorable cm it's not possible hmm. i said no he has decided that we'll go ahead with this he just wanted to tell you and take you into confidence he said uh, the honorable mla he said that i think we may lose hmm. uh, honorable cm had told uh, that time only that if you lose it's okay if i lose also it's okay i want this thing to be done hmm. that's what that was the uh, uh, conviction he had the courage of conviction he had in doing this project in fact one of the uh, one very very important person when we told about this uh, plan he told that uh, 500 years nobody has done it the last time temple ka something major happened 500 years back mm. and there were english collectors there were rajas maharajas english british collectors who wanted to do something they couldn't do and uh, there were two chief ministers before you who tried to do this one is your father and another one was uh, jb patnaik both of them also tried genuinely they tried and both of them stopped after some time because of various reasons mm. so are you sure that you because of the risk political risk involved in this project are you sure you want to do the chief minister was very clear and he said i am in my fifth term i want to do this for the people of odisha they have reposed so much faith in me and they have so much love affection and respect and faith on lord jagannath i have to do this for for the people of odisha i have to even if i have to risk my political uh, career be it so no problem i'll risk this i'll do this what is the political risk there was a huge political narrative being done the temple is going to collapse the temple will collapse how do you tell people no the temple will not collapse it's very easy to create this kind of negative uh, rumors because of what vibration of because the construction because of vibration or because of uh, construction or it will they had all kinds of rumors being created and and when you create a rumor now you have a powerful social media mm. there are some people who are very good in social media narratives mm. so when they do these things it hits and you are uh, actually you are playing with fire it's a living god did you have a scientific Uh, I want to come back to the living God, but before that, did you have uh, scientific studies done? Absolutely, mm. we had a go- ground penetrating radar study conducted by a Gujarat agency, which used to u- do it for uh, archaeological survey of India as well. We had two rounds to find out if there is anything archaeologically important all surrounding the temple where we are planning to work. There was absolutely nothing, mm. so that's how we went ahead. 
and uh, in fact uh, we had uh, deployed iits to continuously monitor what kind of vibration is happening and how we scientifically monitor 24/7 mm. if the allowed vibration is x we didn't cross even 1/10th of x that's how it was done so it is very easy for people to create these rumors number one and create panic amongst people when you create panic amongst people or rally people that this project is not going to help then you are taking a political risk and if it's a living god rituals everything have to happen on time okay explain that to me the living god uh... so lord jagannath has certain times in which he has to have food certain number of times he changes his clothes and before going to sleep there are rituals after getting there are continuous rituals and those can't be put on hold for it, construction it, no it's it has nothing to do with that hmm. but if people are not cooperating and people create a problem in, and dislocate the rituals what kind of an impact it will have because we are going to relocate most of the sevayats hmm. who are into the rituals and whose houses are being relocated okay. whose business establishments are relocated whose uh, commercial establishment lodges hotels all of them are being relocated so if they wanted to create an issue and if politically somebody instigates them they instigated was there cooperation that you got from people who lived around i'm asking you simply because you know when uh, when kashi redevelopment happened uh, i went to cover out there because there were this rumors there also at that time Absolutely. that you know oh you're relocating people who have been living here for hundreds of years hundreds of years right. generations of people whose families one family after they were doing puja samagri selling their father sold puja samagri they did all that they are being relocated so we many of us went to do the stories to see whether that is true or not and we found that people were willingly giving up their homes and moving to another area and when the redevelopment was happening there suddenly they found there were prachin temples old temples within those houses which nobody even knew about so uh, these are things which come up later did you learn from those experiences that uh, how people cooperated uh, anything like that happened absolutely we had sent teams both to uh, amritsar and to varanasi golden to, temple yeah, yeah, and uh, learn about what kind of land acquisition processes they had uh, uh, undergone and what challenges they faced we learned we are very open about learning coming to this point about the risks involved one is the temple ka safety and security yeah. and second playing with the sentiments of uh, sevayats mm. if some political party wanted they wanted actually to mm. create an issue they can stop the rituals from being happening or they can do anything they want mm. so but uh, it was his grace the lord's grace that he wanted it to happen there was absolutely no problem from the sevayat side they cooperated willingly mm. they came forward people cried not because they are losing their lodges which was giving them a livelihood not because their houses are being translocated they basically cried or they were emotional because when they get up they have to look at the lord ka neel chakra they have to do mundiya to the temple <laughs> when they do something they have to look at the temple that we are we are relocating them that was the emotional problem they had otherwise they all supported completely wholeheartedly such a massive project if i may say so it's one of the thickly populated areas of the country mm. all surrounding uh, puri temple one of the densely populated areas and they have been living for generations at that place mm. and we didn't have a single 
land acquisition case in that place we got the land acquisition done in record time and the funds for that the state government provided the funds the honorable chief minister provided generous funds in the in to make people happy hmm. they are losing a lot of stuff but let them be compensated uh, nicely that was his uh, spirit behind this whole thing and you know the inauguration happened just a couple of days before the ram temple uh, inauguration the pran pratishtha that happened in uh, ayodhya um, suddenly you know a lot of it came into focus um, i want to ask you of course you you know you may say that the timing was not in the same manner but was it just coincidence that that also happened in january this also happened in january to be honest uh, we wanted to complete this uh, temple project in 2023 january mm. there was a supreme court case which went on for 6 months 8 months or so that's how it got delayed otherwise our target was 2023 we were planning to finish the temple project it's only because of the supreme court case it uh, got uh, delayed after the case was disposed there were vested interest groups who didn't want this project to happen mm-hmm. there were political leaders who didn't want this project to happen they all thought that uh, navin patnaik will get name or navin patnaik is doing for elections actually navin patnaik doesn't have to do anything like this for elections <laughs> he wins otherwise also yeah he's so, not a he, a political temple goer absolutely seen, right he in fact he took such a big risk when everyone explained to him the risk involved he never thought about a political mileage out of this he wanted people of odisha to remember him for creating this parikrama all surrounding and he didn't want a legacy issue to continue on mm. as as people say 24 years generally kings emperors those time may people used to get that kind of a tenure in democracy it's very difficult yeah. for a leader to get this kind of a tenure 25 years so when he took oath on the for the fifth term he was very moved he was very emotional and he decided that mr pandian let's list out all the legacy issues of the state people of the state have been so good to me i have to finish all the legacy issues of the state i people won't forgive me if i or history won't judge me properly if i still leave legacy issues we 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 listed all the legacy issues and went one after another one after another this i won't say it as a legacy issue but this had huge challenges as uh, as the raja of puri mentioned 500 years nobody has nobody has done anything substantial for the temple it was navin patnaik who did he risked his political career and he did this he didn't do it for political mileage it it it's not that you are going to construct something new in a fresh place this is a temple in which so much people ka faith is there yeah. and one step going wrong one step going wrong your politics is over and your government will fall that's what and people said the buzzword in uh, odisha is about this 5t which is the charter of governance uh, which has transparency technology teamwork time leading and transformation of course in in the state everybody knows about it but uh, i also want to know how this was put into action uh, when the uh, when you did the uh, the jagannath temple and was it just for that temple or did you use this uh, technology and teamwork for regarding other mats also this 5t is a governance principle of the chief minister he deploys this in every public service mm-hmm. and one classic example you can say is uh, jagannath temple renovation or any major project where every process is transparent 
Teamwork, he means, the chief minister means is involve the community, involve all the stakeholders. He has Sevayats, uh, uh, local people, uh, political leaders. Take every, everyone along and make it their own project. Make them own the project. That okay. is teamwork. And then uh, he fixes always time. In government, generally, we don't uh, give value to time. There is no time audit. He introduced the concept of time audit for projects. If it is three years, you have to complete it in three years. If it is six months, you have to complete in six months. Otherwise, accountability will be fixed. If you do it well, you will be rewarded. If you don't do it in time, you will face the consequences. So that is the time, the seriousness of time uh, Time he inculcated in all of us. And all the other temples or any other than the Jagannath Puri temple, what were the others? Uh, there is Ma Samalai temple in, uh, in the west, in Sambalpur. That also got hugely renovated now. The Honorable Chief Minister dedicated it uh, sometime back, a week back. In addition to that, every major temple in the state is getting renovated. The, chief, the state will be renovating about 10,000 temples in the state. We are planning to apply for Guinness record. Amazing. In addition to that, if I may say, so many churches and so many mosques and so many gurudwaras are also being renovated. This is a time in which so many religious institutions have got a fresh lease of breath thanks to the support given by the state and the chief minister. The spiritual governance which you were yes, talking about. Yes, the spiritual governance. Right. And going to the Puri temple, one of the biggest criticism which we faced was that the mats are getting demolished. Hmm that was being politically raised to stall the project. And it was used to create, uh, uh, create agitation amongst the people's minds that mats are being broken or age-old mats are being disturbed, destroyed. But actually, the mats are covered with commercial establishments. Mm -hmm. They had lodges, they had shops, they had, uh, they had mandaps, commercial activity. So the government only removed the commercial part of the mat and compensated them very handsomely. And earlier how the mats used to look, and now how the mats used to look, they got a chance to breathe fresh air now. That's how I put it. In fact, for one of the mat, which is called the Mangu mat, this mat, the case went up to Supreme Court. The then Chief Minister of uh, Punjab wrote to our Chief Minister, and there were delegations from uh, SGPC and others who came. So we explained to them, the present mat, the uh, Mangu mat, where Guru Nanak used to stay there and meditate looking at the Lord Jagannath temple, the mat was actually surrounded by shops and one of the shop ka septic tank, the toilet was above the Garbhagriha of the mat. I'll show you photographs. Okay. That was the stage in which, which it was. In fact, we showed this photo and video to Supreme Court. When the case went to Supreme Court, they claimed that uh, the Mangu Mat, which is a religious uh, uh, symbol, is being destroyed. It was not. Sacred to the Sikhs absolutely, as well, not absolutely, just Hindus. Absolutely. Huh. So we removed everything and the Mangu Mat looks so beautiful now. In fact, all the Mats look like real Mats. The commercial portion is removed and they have, they have started breathing again. They look like Mats. That uh, divine atmosphere is uh, something to be seen, to be believed. Maybe tomorrow you'll see that. Okay. We'll show you the before photos and the after photos. Right. It's a fifth term where he wants uh, all legacy issues to be done. And in that term comes a pandemic. Absolutely. Uh, so tell me, 
what were the challenges you faced because you were putting his uh, his ideas and his thing into uh, you know fruition so what were the challenges you faced did did you tell him that listen there's a pandemic so let's do this next term the temple project mm. no we were very clear in what all needs to be done and he doesn't believe in postponing things at all he knows the timing and he was very clear in what all needs to be done in fact pandemic also we were one of the best states in handling yeah. the pandemic mm. we are one of the few states which took uh, which took the entire burden of expenses medical expenses of people mm. from testing to treatment to getting treated in uh, hospitals from icu charges to everything was borne by the government no i don't think any state has done it in fact we took over all the private hospitals of the state all their beds were taken over by the government and they were paid for every bed every medicine everything was paid by the government the entire covid management was done out of uh, i mean the payment for all the expenses of people of odisha were done by state you know um the temple issue i want to come yeah. back to that because uh, we saw what has happened in puri then the ayodhya now kashi is coming in and just before all this was was this controversy about uh, sanatan dharma there are uh, uh, you know politicians who say that sanatan dharma is um, it's like a disease it needs to be eradicated from this country and in fact from your home state if i may say uh, uh, you know it's from tamil nadu that this originated dravidian politics and they say this um, what is your view about it personally what do you have to say about this i think they have to study little more before making these kind of statements statements if they study properly they will understand what is sanatan dharma and they will also start appreciating sanatan dharma so uh, does it play a a role in your life uh, as a bureaucrat as a politician does sanatan uh, dharma play a role see i strongly believe in lord jagannath and destiny and karma so i don't have any confusions on all these things mm. i never thought that i'll come to i'll get into ias i was studying in a government school i never thought uh, i'll top the national entrance when it was done for agriculture I never thought I'll become close to a chief minister. I never thought I'll leave IAS and join politics. Mm. So there is some force which is pushing you and I believe strongly that it is a divine force. So you surrender to that force, respect, be grateful. Everyone has to appreciate that and it's a private space one leaves at that spot. What do you have to say to the separation of religion and uh, governance? Um I are they so uh, you know intersecting at a very um what should i say a powerful manner uh, these days as compared to say when you joined the services i would say that respecting one's religion or respecting and giving support to religion cannot be seen something uh, against uh, the principles of governance hmm you support all religions yeah you be fair to everyone what what is it like in odisha does religion caste all these play major roles when when politics is practiced does it come up to the forefront during elections i don't think so in mm. odisha it's, it doesn't have much of an impact and our chief minister has ensured uh, secular governance throughout in fact i'll say spiritual governance throughout spiritual governance yes that's interesting <laughs> explain that why do you say that 
he 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 appreciates every religion for whatever values it hold and he supports everyone hmm. if majority of the population is hinduism so you you renovate temples you restore uh, temples you are elected by the people so you have to uh, appreciate the faith of people hmm. some portion of the people want their mosques to be renovated you do that some hmm. portion wants their churches to be restored you do that hmm. so there is space for everything you don't have to mutually this is not mutually exclusive you can do everything but you respect people's faith that's mm. very important for a leader mm. if 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 95% of odisha has a hindu population and they believe in lord jagannath you have to do something for lord jagannath that's so that's why you are there for mm. you have to respect the people's faith you but honor the people's faith but don't allow it to interfere in your government decisions you treat everyone equally right um you said that uh, the temple project was supposed to be completed in 2023 but it happened in 2024 uh but what is happening is that many people say that there is competitive hindutva politics going on all across the country do you agree with that i can tell about odisha there is no nothing like it because navin patnaik doesn't believe in doing temple or church or mosque renovation to win elections he does what he strongly believes in he is he, he is very competent to win his election without doing all these things mm. <laughs> so he doesn't believe in any of these things and the state people appreciate him for what he does why is it that navin babu as well as his father they stayed in state politics even though they are so uh, they are larger than life figures uh, for the people of odisha but they never had uh, ambitions to go beyond uh, the state why is that the case i think biju babu was little more national hmm. than navin babu navin babu was very clear in his he, why he came to politics in one of his interviews he has told very clearly he was never interested in politics he had no, no exposure to politics biju babu had kept them kept them away from politics all the three children so in one of his interviews he has told very clearly that i came when after my father's death they went to one of the orphanages they met people how much love and affection and trust they have for biju babu and suddenly they felt orphaned hmm. the people felt orphaned yeah so that is something which made him take this call which he was otherwise not willing to do that's how he entered politics tell me a little bit about that incident you know when i interviewed uh, navin babu he spoke at that time about that incident when his father rescued uh, the indonesian prime minister has he spoken about that incident with you does he talk about it do people in odisha even talk about that incident of course i think yeah. it's a legendary story huh. of a legend could you tell us about tell it to our uh, viewers and listeners because there are many youngsters uh, especially expat uh, you know indians who live abroad in america and all who watch this show who may not be aware of the legend of biju patnaik okay so i'll tell three four things about biju patnaik hmm. we should call him he was a phenomenon okay. <laughs> he was not a leader and he was way ahead of his times he made some profit in his company when he was a uh, when he was running so many companies hmm. what he did the first profit what he made he went all the way to paris mobilized some more funds and set up kalinga prize for popularization of science as a alternative for nobel prize he went all the way to un and set up this when he was 32 or 33 this is 1960s i would think i think so yeah yeah huh. so apparently jawarlal nehru 
called and asked the uh, i think that time this clearances for depositing money and all goes to the prime minister at that time maybe because of this mm. uh, whatever this exchange mm. policy and all who why he wants to set up a international prize for popularization of science why can't you do something for uh, something in the uh, in india so he was called and he asked and bijubabu said that i want to set up something in my my state's honor it will be called kalinga prize for popularization of science mm. i am convinced that i have to do it at uh, the un so i'll do it for you for, for for the state imagine a that mid 30s person mm. what kind of uh, thinking yeah. is is it thought process he makes some profit takes it goes there and sets up the and even now many nobel laureates have got the award kalinga prize mm. unesco kalinga award Mm-hmm. very popular prestigious award yeah and what he did with that he made a arrangement with them he was very convinced that if india has to move forward scientific temper has to come into the people so what he did and he was very convinced that industrial revolution when it happened in the europe india was bypassed mm-hmm. so if we do popularization of science india will come up india will also get a chance to be a global leader that was the thought process by which he went there so anyone who wins this uh, kalinga unesco award they have to come to india spent about spend about two months or so going to the universities giving speech on why science is important how innovative you can be see the thought process behind this whole thing it was way ahead of his Amazing. time yeah the commitment he had for the country to popularize science mm. the commitment he had for the state he went and put the name kalinga in uh, unesco and the commitment he had for overall development that he made some profit and he went all the way to paris and set up a award even now it's one of the most popular awards this is one example i should give about uh, hmm. biju babu then next example of course everyone knows about how he went all the way to indonesia it was uh, uh, the prime minister jawaharlal nehru's call hmm. that uh, this uh, danish uh, troops are again coming back and there is uh, mm. there is a rebellion happening mm. and you have to help the help rescue the indonesian freedom fighters Java, if, ja- yeah. yeah so if you don't rescue the freedom fighters there is a possibility the country again going back to dutch rule so he trusted uh, bijubabu mm. to go and rescue here there is a very interesting part which many people will not know his co-pilot was his wife gyan gyan ma gyan ma was his co-pilot and this happened i think in 1947 hmm. navin babu was 1 year old imagine a father who takes the mother also with him yeah. in a daredevil uh, mission all the way to java yeah. in their dakota flight to rescue the indonesian freedom fighters yeah that is the commitment of this man he he was a pilot he was a pilot, pilot. so he Almost. went all the way huh. and uh, we we all should know that 7 uh, days or 10 days before he went and landed one more aircraft of his uh, kalinga airlines was shot down by uh, by the dutch forces almost everyone was killed except one mm-hmm. so that is the risk he was taking yeah. because the prime minister said uh, there was a conference of asian countries going to happen in delhi hmm. if the indonesia will not be represented here by their freedom fighters indonesia as a country will not have a representation here 
that was the brief given to biju babu by uh, pandit nehru so he went all the way via singapore when there he used all his uh, techniques to fly low to avoid the radar he landed there and then there were no fuel available so all these tanks and uh, damaged aircraft which was left by japanese forces mm. he mobilized fuel from that and used it and flew all the way with the freedom fighters to singapore and then to india that's how he has played a huge role in the uh, indonesian freedom struggle and he was awarded bhumiputra by indonesia indonesia sukarno no president sukarno yes, gave yes. at that time president sukarno gave and they yeah. were family friends and uh, and his fact, daughter also then sukarnaputri yes. so she was named by biju babu biju babu yeah so, tell us about that also that's true so she was named yeah. megavati hmm. so the whatever clouds, i heard, yeah there was that whole was, thing that rains was, was happening yeah. yeah so he he named her as megavati so she yeah. was megavati sukarno sukarno putri yeah correct it was it's such an interesting story absolutely so there's this cult of biju babu and then there is a cult of navin babu now navin audition i'll i'll share one more very interesting stuff Please about uh, yes. biju babu which many people would not know this was during the this was during the indo bangladesh war yeah kashmir uh, yeah. indo bangladesh war ha he brought the troops there no 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 indo, uh, kashmir he was one of the first pilots to land yeah. in uh, srinagar when uh, uh, the rebels the came rebels in. came and he rescued a lot of people he uh, air dropped a lot of uh, force yeah. yeah that was a turning point in the uh, kashmir uh, issue at that point of time mm. this is about uh, indonesia uh, this is about uh, bangladesh yes liberation yes, war yes at that point of time indonesia was uh, approached by pakistan mm. to support uh, pakistan in the war against uh, Bang- india's war for bangladesh mm. so pakistan sought the support of uh, indonesia indonesia both being muslim dominated countries so mm. they were wanting to safeguard bangladesh and they they wouldn't have to fly over the indian uh, subcontinent they could have uh, flown from indonesia the troops that is also was one of the that was idea. one of the ideas yeah. mm. i think this was clearly for uh, deploying the navy ah, okay. and give a deterrent mm. in uh, in the bay of bengal hmm. so if they deploy the navy and give a deterrent then it will cause problems in force deployment for india hmm. so that time the prime minister asked biju babu to speak to take up with the prime minister of indonesia this many people don't know he spoke and he stopped indonesia from getting into the war and that was a big turning point for, at that point of time for for the war and yeah. that really helped india these are things which nobody knows in fact he was responsible for setting up the indo tibet uh, border protection force he was asked he was tasked to find out how do we seal our borders what what should we do so he gave the suggestion for setting up the indo tibetan border security force and take as many people from the locality make them a force they should be the first line of defense for india quite amazing quite amazing uh, about the contribution of uh, biju babu in uh, for the national security of this absolutely. country absolutely in right. fact uh, one more issue is that um, he was sent by jawaharlal nehru the prime minister to uh, to united states i think that was the chinese war hmm. 
so he he was 62 uh, 62 yeah. yeah so he was asked to go and mobilize uh, for Public support opinion. for uh, also for arms support okay he was sent so he <laughs> he didn't go on he went and asked for arms as well as he asked for nuclear support that time there was a furor in the parliament indian parliament <laughs> so he said that if china has nuclear weapons if they are planning to attack india what india will do <laughs> so if i go there i don't go for guns i have to ask something substantial strategic for india that is the kind of thought process he had for yeah. the country certainly not the pacifist that uh, that you know nehru was. He, he was, was he was completely committed for the country and come what may whatever is the superpower they are we should show our power that was the commitment with which he always functioned uh, we all know about uh, the interim test range in chandipur ha huh. the range here range yes from huh. where all our missiles are tested yeah yeah so there is an interesting story in that as well hmm. uh, so the drdo identified two three places in the country to set up the test firing range interim test ranges to fire the missiles the topmost place was in balasore hmm. they selected this wheeler islands hmm. they thought that this cannot be identified secure and it won't hit the population even if some mistake happens so all those safety hazards and everything put together they selected this uh, wheeler island and uh, the files were put up for the chief that's minister. in the bay of bengal bay of bengal huh. which is part of uh, it's coming yeah. in odisha yeah so when the files were put up for giving wheeler islands to drdo uh, none of them supported it was uh, in the bureaucracy everyone rejected it saying that see it will again uh, cause serious dislocation to the fisherman they will keep on doing tests there will be so much of restriction so many people are dependent on fishing this place and it will also cause unnecessary disturbance for us so let's not uh, give it already we have given half uh, i mean um, a large portion of our coast for uh, air defense hmm. so again one more stretch will be lost so mr abdul kalam was the drdo chief that time hmm. so he came and met biju babu the file had come to biju patnaik with every suggestion to reject it why it should not be accepted generally the chief minister goes with the suggestions given by with so much of logic it is given so he called uh, given by the bureaucracy bureaucracy yeah <laughs> the entire uh, government yeah. setup yeah the chain of command chain of command you say <laughs> the joint secretary puts up the file yeah, and then it goes secretary up and everyone and then field as well yeah so when it came uh, so mr kalam had shot an appointment biju babu had called him for a discussion so he asked him only one question that uh, i have i have seen uh, indo china wars i have a invitation to go to china now will you promise me that if we give the land you will make an intercontinental ballistic missile from here which will hit the heart of china will you promise me you promise me then i will allot the land so this is the conversation these two great nationalists had so mr abdul kalam promised that sir i will do it we have plans and maybe in 15 years or so we should have the icbm tested from wheeler island and uh, Biju Babu signed the file, giving the land to them, free of cost, saying that this is in national nation security. It is very much important. He rejected all the objections and he gave. The concluding part was in 2000. I'm I'm not sure which year was that, 10, 11, or whatever year. They fired the intercontinental ballistic missile and they had given a special invitation to the chief minister, Mr. Navin Patnaik. Your father had asked us that I'll give you this land, provided you have a ICBM from this place. 
and this is being tested if you could come and witness it he couldn't go because of reasons but he wished them so that's how this wheeler island happened and when uh, abdul uh, late abdul kalam passed away chief minister named the wheeler island as apj abdul kalam islands so you can see these three great nationalists in action navin patnaik biju patnaik and apj abdul kalam amazing amazing tell us about you know like i said there was this there's the cult of biju patnaik which we have spoken about and the amazing uh, contribution to uh, national security as well as to the state that he did uh, now there is navin odisha what is the legacy of uh, navin patnaik god give him long life and uh, wishing you the very best for the next term also but what is the legacy of uh, navin patnaik uh, which you will say and what is navin odisha what is this term navin odisha one keeps reading everywhere and hearing about it okay so he 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 doesn't stop with navin odisha he says navin odisha is an empowered odisha where a poorest of poor person also will dream big and he will be empowered to achieve his dreams that's navin odisha mm. whatever is your ambition aspiration you should be able to achieve we should create a environment we should empower you the government should empower you to achieve that whatever is your dream whichever in whichever field you have that is the kind of narrative the chief minister wants to leave when he took over in 2000 the state was affected by this uh, super cyclone in 1999 mm-hmm. he decided that orissa should not be known for mishandling uh, disasters orissa should be known for handling disasters in the best possible way he put systems in place he he crea- he did a vulnerability mapping of the entire coast mm-hmm. put up systems put up cyclone shelters put up flood shelters put up advance warning systems so in 2012 when filin super cyclone hit everyone thought everyone predicted that odisha will be hit very badly thousands of people are going to lose their lives yeah and a part of odisha will be ripped apart that's mm-hmm. what was the prediction the cyclone came hit with 230 240 kilometers per hour but then not a single life was lost mm-hmm. and odisha was back into action in 10 days electricity was restored water supply was restored that is new odisha mm-hmm. yeah odisha which sets benchmark in anything which it was known for its negativity mm. so we had articles written in um, editorial we can check in google new york times wrote a front page editorial saying that uh, if you want to save a, a million life learn it from a state called odisha that is the time in uh, new orleans in in, uh, in us mm. oh, a yes. cyclone of lesser magnitude had hit mm. it was only 150 160 kilometers per hour but hundreds of lives were lost yeah. so new york times took a comparison between odisha managing filin with 240 kilometers per hour and new orleans are the us managing so that is new odisha hmm. so if you take disaster management this is the new odisha in which people of odisha should be able to stand and look at the eye of uh, cyclone and cross it without fear then the new odisha is a food deficit odisha to a food surplus odisha we are not dependent on food for, from other states we are supplying for the nation's food security hmm. a odisha which was known for poverty is known for the maximum reduction in poverty in the country perhaps in asia 
from 68% poverty levels we have come to 11% poverty levels in the last 5 years 1 crore 5 lakh people have been lifted about poverty line new new odisha so in every field the chief minister wants to set a benchmark by which people of odisha feel empowered and aspirational you know when we talk about uh, uh, when we talk about self sustaining uh, economic models i have to ask you about uh, you know since we are going into general election soon about the culture of freebies um, elections are won uh, these days on freebies which are everybody is doing competitive uh, politics on freebies what is your view about it because that is an allegation which is made even about your state uh, that um, caste doesn't work here communal card doesn't work here what works is freebies so what is your view about this i think uh, one should differentiate clearly between what you do to empower people and what you do to dilute people's ambitions by giving freebies hmm. if you give health assurance you are very progressive it's not considered as freebie the biggest budget we have is in for health the biju swasthya kalyan health assurance scheme most states follow a model of health insurance the chief minister decided in a state like odisha we should not allow a third party like a insurance to decide on how much money should be compensated for a heart patient or how many for a kidney patient hmm. so he went for a assurance model hmm. of uh, health we are covering 90% of the population with health assurance 5 lakh rupee for the family and if it's a woman patient it's 10 lakh rupees think the empowerment it does this is different from the central central scheme we are having our own scheme we are not implementing the center scheme why because our scheme is much uh, advanced and much progressive so we don't have competition with it huh. we we uh, the chief minister thought that we have to run the extra mile in a state like odisha so that ayushman bharat scheme doesn't work here no we uh, the state has not implemented Okay. if we had implemented ayushman bharat we would be covering 55 to 60% of the population here we are covering 90% of the population he wants to take it to 100% population how come th- then there is no confrontation because when mamta does the same thing in mamta banerji does it in uh, kolkata where she says i don't want the central scheme i'll do my state scheme there's confrontation here uh, we, here, here uh, uh, navin patnaik doesn't do for the sake of confrontation he is convinced that people of odisha need that extra mile running to take care of their uh, needs because he thinks health is one issue which can bring down if if some if in a family a health issue happens a person who has just come out of poverty he can slip back to poverty and it will take at least two generations for him to come back again so mm-hmm. he strongly believes that if you have to fight poverty then you have to assure health and you have to do it in the best possible way mm-hmm. i may say that this is the best scheme in the country right now okay. which has 90% of the population being covered and the state is spending about 260 crores a month which is about 3200 crores a year you may take the uh, the country's uh, ayushman bharat ka health budget only for treatment purpose how much is it it will be 9000 crores or something if a state like odisha is spending 3000 odd crores okay. so that is the reach the it's chief minister wants to it's an ambitious project it's an aspirational okay. reach okay. he wants to cover so that is why there is no competition huh. we want 
the state wanted to do something extra for the people. So Navin Patnaik implemented Bhuji Swasthya Kalyan Yojana, which is a game changer. The way Navin Patnaik does politics is different from most people in the country. That is why he gets elected repeatedly and uh, instead of uh, anti-incumbency, he has pro-incumbency. I won't be qualified to speak about others, but I can, I can say with all conviction, Mr. Navin Patnaik's brand of politics is very different. He keeps people at its forefront, can take any risk for that. So are you the heir to Naveen Babu's politics? As Honorable CM has always said that uh, people of Odisha will decide who will succeed him. I think that is the best answer to give. I, just, I am just helping him uh, in whichever way I can. I don't have any ambitions. I am just helping him, helping uh, the Chief Minister, Mr. Navin Patnaik, in whichever way he wants me to do for him. In fact, I am not even contesting the elections. Why are you not contesting the elections? I have joined this with a clear heart to make Navin Patnaik Chief Minister for the sixth time. So I told the Honorable Chief Minister, I am going to assist you in this election process. I am going to work for you. No expectations. I will work for you. That but is the in this state, elections are held along with the Lok Sabha polls. Yes. So you are not even going to contest the Lok Sabha election? No, I am not going to contest any. In 2024, I am not going to contest any elections. So you are not even going to attend, uh, go into the assembly or the parliament through the, uh, the, elder, the, uh, through the Rajya Sabha way? No. No. I was asked for a party post also. I said no. I will just work for Naveen Patnaik. He is my leader. I draw a lot of inspiration from him. He has given me so much freedom for so long to do great work. So I am indebted to him and the state. The people of state have shown so much love and affection for me. So I go with the flow. But then you didn't need to resign from the civil service if that is how you were going to do it. So I won't be able to do the political work for the chief minister if I am going to continue in uh, bureaucracy. There are, I, one should draw the line. So. But what is wrong in contesting election? It's not a wrong thing to do. No, not at all. Dem we all. We all are products of democracy. Hmm. It, ours is a democratic country. But in 2024, I decided that I should be helping the chief minister. I want to help him because whatever said and done, it's his sixth term. Hmm. And I draw inspiration from him. He's 78 years old. How much hard work he does. One draws inspiration from him. You also are known to take your meetings at 4 a.m. and things like that, right? That's that's the talk in this state that I, you are a hard taskmaster. I think we learn from the chief minister. But 4 a.m. is because uh, it's your mind is cool and you see things in a different perspective. You don't disturb anyone. Mm. You are very clear in what you want to do. You, you get to see things as such. So... And it's a good time to work Brahma Muhurtam. <laughs> but Mr. Pandir, if, uh, if Naveen Babu has uh, played such an important role in your life, in molding your thoughts, uh, in molding your ambitions for your state, um, if, he's, uh, if he's going to uh, decide that you are the Uttaradhikari, then uh, why do you hesitate? Why are you uh, shrinking away from that legacy that he wants to bestow on you if he wants to do it and it seems apparent to everybody that he wants to do that we are uh, two months into election now i just see like when arjuna was asked all the f uh, f all five pandavas were asked 
what they see in the tree. Somebody said the tree ka branch and somebody said the bird and only Arjuna saw that eye of the bird. Mm. I think I am clear in my focus right now. He has to create a he has to create a record as the longest serving chief minister of the country. He deserves it. And my sweat, blood, whatever you call it, my time, everything is for that. He has done such great work for the state. I should not think anything about myself. In fact, when I joined the party and the first speech I gave, I, I said that only that. After being witness to what transformation Lord Jagannath's temple has gone through, and you are, a, you are also a witness in that process. Mm. I don't need anything in life. I'll just work for the chief minister. That's my... And I leave everything of my future to Lord Jagannath. Nice. Uh, pardon spiritual governance. Spiritual. This is spiritual governance. You asked what is spiritual governance. This is this is what I think spiritual governance means. Pardon me for asking this, but uh, you know, as a journalist, sometimes one has to ask uh, questions which might sound harsh. I don't mean to sound harsh, but I will ask this question uh, because no, no, you ask in the best possible way, even harsh questions. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, my, I have to ask this because. People talk about uh, uh, Naveen Babu's health being uh, not so great. Um, is he, how is uh, his health right now? Will he be able to take the rigors of uh, of an electoral process and a next term after that? I think he is in the best of health. What one expects from a seventy-eight year old person who has given like twenty-five years of his life for public service, working day and night for that kind of work what he has put in and the age what he is in, I think he is in the pink of his health. All these rumors, sometimes political opponents create. Sometimes inside the party, some people who are ambitious to become chief ministers, <laughs> they create these kind of rumors. But otherwise, he is in the best of hands. Uh, his physician is uh, Dr. Ramakant Panda, one of the best in the country. And uh, Dr. Subrata Acharya, these two doctors uh, take care of him for whatever he needs. So mm. he's, he's in the best hands and he's in the pink of uh, health. Yeah. He should be able to, he walks every day. And in fact, uh, recently he did the full parikrama in, mm. uh, in hot sun. He did full parikrama. Okay. So he's, he's in good shape for whatever you call it for a 78 year old. So uh, why is the BJD not part of the uh, opposition alliance because it is not part of the NDA. It's not part of the opposition alliance. Uh, it takes issue-based support. It gives issue-based support to the NDA when need be. What prevents him from joining the India alliance? One question is that. Second question is, did uh, anybody from the Gandhi family ask Mr. Patnaik? Because the Gandhi family had very close relations with uh, Bijuda. So did... Uh, did anybody reach out to Naveen Babu asking uh, him to be part of this alliance? He is now 24 years as chief minister. They know very well as to what is Naveen Patnaik, who is Naveen Patnaik. His, uh, uh, his birth was anti-Congress in the state. He fought against the corruption of uh, Congress in the state. So I don't see any scope for the chief minister to think about an alliance with uh, Congress. He has always stated it publicly. So that's where he stands. Of course, there will be always, I think, uh, <laughs> Mr. Nitish Kumar came here all the way <laughs> to yeah. convince Naveen Babu to join India Alliance. 
Mamta ji also came. And now Nitish Babu so, is in the other camp. <laughs> so many leaders came, keep coming. And uh, Naveen Babu is very polite, very... They all know each other for quite some time. Three decades, two and a half decades, they know each other. They are good friends. They talk nicely. Hmm. And uh, that's where Who it's... Who are his opponents, uh, political opponents in the state? Which party uh, is really uh, in the opposition as such? Because the BJP has got eight seats, if I'm not mistaken. In so uh, that was in 2014, they got nine seats. Nine this seats. time he got, they got 23 seats. In, yeah. in, in assembly, I'm saying. No, in I'm par- talking parliament, about parliament. Yeah. Parliament, eight seats, yes. Eight 19, seats, yeah. right? Uh, and they are hoping to get more seats. So when, uh, and I am what one is hearing from opinion polls and things like that is that uh, after the Ram Temple uh, uh, construction, some political uh, mileage will be got by the BJP. So does Naveen Babu see uh, the BJP as the principal opposition uh, when it comes to Lok Sabha? Uh, in uh, in the state and who's the principal opposition uh, in the state uh, elections? See, uh, if you take the numbers, it's the uh, BJP which is the opposition party in the state. Congress is third now. Hmm. So, both in Lok Sabha and in Assembly, BJP is the number two party in the state. So, how are you friends? Uh, again, I beg to ask, I mean, I'm at the sound of <laughs> repeating again and again. How is a number one party friends with a number two party? That just goes against the grain of politics, not just in India, worldwide. <laughs> so he believes in doing politics only during elections. He doesn't believe otherwise. That's how the state gets its growth momentum maintained. Hmm. If you hear his speeches, hmm. he makes it very clear that I will have a constructive cooperation with the center. I want the state to progress. I am not here to fight with BJP. I am not here to fight with Congress. I want the state to grow. Whatever is required for the state to grow, I'll do it. I'll sacrifice. I'll compromise. But I want my state to grow. When elections are happening, there will be electoral politics. But otherwise, that is one of the main reasons uh, the chief minister is fully supportive of uh, simultaneous elections for both uh, assembly and parliament. He thinks that the political atmosphere of the country should not always be in a high temperature. It should cool down so that development happens. If one state or or other elections keep happening, the political atmosphere is vitiated. That doesn't go good for uh, developmental politics. So we were talking about the rebellion uh, towards Naveen Babu. That is, uh, we talked about one rebellion. The second rebellion is also uh, when one talks about uh, Jai Panda and uh, that, you know, he was a very close, uh, he was very close to the Patnai family. What went wrong there? What soured and uh, why why did things go uh, so uncomfortable between the two? It was after 2014 elections. In 2014 elections, BJD had won 20 out of 21 seats in Lok Sabha. We were the fourth largest party. For the first time in uh, uh, parliamentary history, BJD became fourth largest party. Otherwise, there are bigger parties. Uh, Because BJD won 20 out of 21 seats, it became became the fourth largest party. And uh, Mr. Jayapanda called the chief minister after the swearing-in was over, government formation had happened, and they were forming all these committees in 2014. So that time he had called CM, I was there. And he told that uh, late Jetli Ji had spoken to him and said that uh, uh, in case your party will nominate you for the committee chairmanship, 
then we would i would be interested i mean we would be interested in giving you the finance committee which generally goes to the first opposition party not the fourth one hmm. it is the biggest party it's the it's the biggest committee or the most powerful committee generally it goes to the hmm. uh, i think congress or whoever will be the number 2 party it should be given it is generally given as a tradition but if uh, you will nominate me then they will they will give it to me this is what he told the cm asked see whoever bjd nominates if they are willing to give it's okay but if i have to nominate you then only that will be given it it doesn't sound good that's what the chief minister said yeah. and then he took some time he had previous instances where he was a member of the finance committee and he got many of his uh, loans for his uh, corporate business written off through banks whatever process they followed so there was always an allegation that uh, he used his uh, finance committee membership to get these favors done for the company so that played in the chief minister's mind so he didn't agree to make him as finance committee ka head hmm. this is the proposal he gave this is the reaction the chief minister gave and this is what i witnessed hmm. and uh, after that the relationship became i mean mr jaypanda was not very happy with this uh, decision hmm. um then what happened there were these rumors health rumors about the chief minister we are talking about 2015 16 15 ten years back nine years back almost whenever any cabinet minister union cabinet minister the chief minister will meet call on or some meeting me first day, how is your health navin babu oh i'm fine i don't have any problem nene jay told that your health is not good it it hits him what's the, he has mentioned this in his own interview in 2019 how he spread rumors about his health then the worst thing happened when uh, one of chief minister's friend who is a very powerful political leader in madhya pradesh he called uh, mr prem patnaik chief minister's brother and asked him oh uh, navin babu is going to london for a treatment this is 2015 15 16 hmm. navin babu is going to london for a treatment i have so many contacts why don't you why why, why he won't take my help so prem patnaik said who told you this he is going to uh, london for treatment no jay told me that he is arranging everything then prem mr prem patnaik told uh, that leader from madhya pradesh why don't you ask uh, navin babu and ask him what help he needs so he called uh, this leader from madhya pradesh called uh, navin babu and asked do you need any help in london are you going to london he said no i am not going why i should go i just went two years back and they attempted a coup on me i am not going <laughs> then he said no i was told by jay that you you are going for some medical treatment and everything then cm was very upset oh this is what is happening why this is was and and at that point of time there was articles there were social media posts everything about how bad the chief minister's health is and how he should find somebody to take over the party and the government and that was the narrative being played and that is when the chief minister decided it's high time that we move away from people whom we once trusted but do you think that um mr jay panda being a, a 
politician of repute would mount this kind of a rebellion knowing fully well that that's not the way politics is done in the bjd because one rebellion had already failed no he he didn't he didn't try to create a rebellion in this case he tried to create a narrative that chief minister's health is not good and that should, people should look for new leadership that's the narrative he was trying to give he was in a regional party the regional party is as strong as the regional le the leader's health is health of a leader is an asset for a regional party mm -hmm. so he was trying to dilute that asset of the regional party and creating confusion amongst the minds of mlas we have enough uh, uh, i mean talks from our own mlas as to how it was being spread uh, continuously Ch chief minister never believed all these rumors till he heard from two of the important people who have nothing to do with odisha telling taking his name and telling that's when he decided okay and what is the narrative that uh, he is not in his good health and he is he may collapse any time so party should look for a fresh leadership and he was standing there as the fresh leader mm. or the competent leader to take over so this is what was being played which the chief minister did not like there was absolutely no truth now we are in 2024 almost 9 years after there were articles in magazines national magazines reputed magazines about chief minister's health see refuted all those things in 2019 elections but the damage what mr jaypanda tried to create was substantial and it was not good for a person who used to have dinner and lunch with the chief minister to do this behind his back sure. it was very sad and navin babu believes in very ethical kind of politics and he 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 never believed when the local leaders told he never believed that they he thought that they are trying to play between me and jai but when outside leaders union cabinet ministers and and his own friends from out who have nothing to do with odisha spoke then he was convinced that okay this is what he is trying to do the political atmosphere this week when i am doing this interview is going to get highly uh, charged because you have the prime minister coming and you have rahul gandhi's yatra also passing through the state so is this uh, again i like everybody everybody likes me situation in orissa right now or is it going to be a volatile political situation the volatile political situation even uh, chief minister never believes in volatile political situation he keeps a very decent and dignified political discourse if you see him he never attacks any opposition it's Correct. his style of uh, functioning and people of odisha appreciate that respect that the dignified conduct mm. his political discourse is always very dignified so this uh, drama the shouting this brick uh, it doesn't happen so much in odisha because he is like a towering personality who is unshaken he is stable he doesn't react or respond he goes to people with his facts in fact in 2019 his only campaign word was people give long speeches to win elections his his uh, his campaign the entire campaign was just one line are you happy with me apana mane khushi to it become an iconic word that one line he went to meeting after meeting and asked that are you happy apana mane khushi to the people roared that yes we are happy over his election campaign is over the entire campaign he didn't give speeches mm. that's the kind of politics he believes in work hard from the day you get elected from that day you start working hard many people have asked 
in two, after 2019 it doesn't look like a fifth term government in the first year you guys work like first year first time you have come to government and first year of uh, or the last year just before elections as if you are working and that is the style he follows always not don't miss a single day don't miss a week don't miss a month this state needs that extra run do put your heart heart out work hard politics we'll see during the elections but it is election so i am going to come back to, uh, about <laughs> yeah. elections because uh, see uh, rahul gandhi's yatra went through uh, bengal um, the chief minister didn't like it one bit uh, went through assam the chief minister didn't like it one bit um, nitish babu is not having anything to do with the nyaya yatra what's going to happen in orissa if i may humbly say honorable chief minister will not even know that that yatra is passing that's my answer but is there any anyaya that he wants to bring nyaya you think in he can bring whatever but it's very insignificant if i may humbly put it the yatra which will cross odisha will be so insignificant both for bjd and for congress but the uh, the earlier yatra also which rahul gandhi had done was to rejuvenate uh, i mean of course it says bharat jodo but it rejuvenated the cadres uh, in many states and you saw that they won in uh, uh, in a couple of states uh, post yatra do you think that uh, the uh, the cadres in odisha will BJD, get bjd will be very happy they if uh, they get little rejuvenated hmm. because it's good to have a triangular fight always oh who benefits <laughs> that's interesting now here you're talking about like an election strategist i almost feel i'm talking with a prashant kishore or somebody no, no, no. i'm too too junior or not having so much experience so But a triangular fight works no, i just said out of uh, hmm. i mean yeah if congress congress picks up little bit it is good hmm. we should always have good opposition means strong opposition bjp congress then it is good for the state does the bjp uh, do constructive work as an opposition in your state um in the inside the state uh, i don't uh, i don't think they do too much of constructive the state bjp hmm so uh, you did uh, kind of insinuate that you had political issues when you were talking about the uh, the work around the uh, puri temple so was there any uh, when you were talking about political issues was so it so there were cases filed in the supreme court by very common people and there were the highest paid advocates appearing for them in supreme court in high court so who pays for these advocates who charge 20 lakhs 30 lakhs per appearance there was there was a magical hand or a mysterious hand behind all these people who went to supreme court to stall this project their only intention was that uh, it should not be done during navin babu's time he may get political mileage but whereas he risked his political career in going ahead with this project honorable supreme court gave a beautiful order saying that this project should go on in the interest of devotees in the interest of temple the temple security is uh, very important there were lodges in 10 meters away there were sky rise lodges from the lodge you can see inside the temple if somebody throws a grenade or somebody does some that we have instances of uh, attacks in temple in our country hmm. and once in month or once in 2 3 months you will get these alerts whenever there is any terrorist attack you get the intelligence inputs in the government saying that guard your temple but when you uh, when the temple is surrounded by so many lodges what kind of uh, security you can provide to the temple that's one of the prime reasons why the chief minister was very interested that we should clean up all these places so is there a special security force that is absolutely being... right now we have got 
the best of uh, uh, technology the best of monitoring systems and the chief minister has put a one one battalion special battalion to protect the temple right let me come back to a uh, politics you were you said you were swearing by it that you're not going to be going to fight uh, an election in 2024 in 2024 yes. right is the bjd going to put an all out effort for the lok sabha polls in 2024 uh, because uh, you see a kind of a half hearted uh, way it's like uh, like an understanding ki bjp ke sath ki tum सेंटर वाला लड़ लो हम स्टेट वाला लड़ लेंगे इट डजेंट वर्क लाइक दैट इन इलेक्शन यू मेट हैव कवर्ड सो मेनी इलेक्शन हाउ डू यू हाउ डू यू टेल पीपल दैट इट्स नॉट बट पीपल इन दिस स्टेट आर वेरी क्लेवर वेन दे वोट आई मीन क्लेवर इन देंस आई मीन इट नाइसली दैट वेन दे वोट फॉर द स्टेट दे वोट फॉर बीजेडी एंड वेन दे वोट फॉर द सेंटर दे वोट फॉर द बीजेपी इन मेनी इंस्टेंसेज विच मीन्स दैट पोलिटिकली दे आर वेरी वेल अवेयर वॉट दे आर डूइंग सो इज इट बिकॉज इलेक्शन रिजल्ट BJP won eight seats. Hmm. Out of the eight seats, five seats they won with less than ten thousand margin. Because what do you suggest? So you are saying about the dual voting. Now it was a very narrow yeah. kind of a result. So if you had worked a little harder, you mean? No, no, no. Every election, I think uh, Navin Babu puts his uh, best front, and also uh, the party puts its best might. behind every election so it's to we have to accept uh, the results in elections so the congress party had come out with this very uh, innovative uh, ad where they brought out a wedding card in which they said bjp is marrying bjd they are already married so this was just a formal invitation what do you have to say to that i think they are blind to the agitations which bjp does in the state against navin patnaik against me against any development project like the temple or the any major project you do any major project they'll find out something and go to the streets go to the people they are they, i think congress should be blind to say that that's how they miss out on larger point okay so what you're saying is that the bjp does behave like an opposition absolutely absolutely the state they're unit. very aggressive in the state yeah and uh, do you respect them for that or do you fear them or do you uh, how, what is your reaction to the bjp the brand of navin patnaik politics is constructive opposition hmm. somehow i'll i'll say that uh, it's not so constructive as far as the state unit of bjp is concerned hmm. so um, and people understand that and that is why they are not getting electorally successful in the state women voters are uh, you know have voted uh enormously towards the bjp in many state elections like in uttar pradesh and all uh all the analysis that came out and said that you know whether it was so many projects of prime minister modi because of which women voters voted for uh mr modi what about the women voters in uh, odisha which way will they go because uh, navin patnaik seems to have the pulse of women voters in the state elections what will happen uh, in 2024 how do you see it going they love navin babu Hmm. that's the one line i can say if you go and uh, if you go on any electoral rally or you go to any public place with him hmm. you sit behind him see those eyes lit up when they look at him there is a magical connection with the between the chief minister and the women voters of the state they they come in large numbers to vote for him and they are very protective about navin babu hmm. one of the biggest biggest mistake the political opponents always do is they hit hard at him and they criticizing very badly and they lose out on 
women votes they are very protective of navin babu all our surveys shows that why why do you think that happens as a protective uh, kind of a thing why because he's bijuda's uh, son i think he oh. has outgrown all those things whatever he has done for women of the state in terms of economic empowerment in terms of political empowerment he walks the talk which party has given one third seats to women in lok sabha he is the only leader who had done correct yes and he made sure that one third goes from the state they are not they they didn't lose the elections all of them won and he has been a continuous advocate of reservation for women in in lok sabha and in assembly his father gave 33% reservation for women that was a pioneering step at that point of time mm. and he made it 50% one of the first chief ministers to give 50% reservation for women yeah. and he has this huge program called mission shakti where 6 and a half lakh self help groups are there it's 665 lakh women are there as part of this how much is the loan they are taking every year 12000 crores is the loan this mission shakti women take from banks and he gives it as zero interest mm-hmm. he empowers them financially he empowers them politically he empowers them in every sphere possible mm-hmm. so what are the numbers that let's get down to number crunching how many seats do you think uh, you will win in the lok sabha polls how many seats in the assembly polls i think one should not have any wild guess one one will be able to tell immediately after the elections but uh, navin babu will come with a huge majority thumping majority as always and his numbers will be always higher than the previous election and this term that uh, if he wins is that going to be a term to groom you or has he already groomed you as his successor no no absolutely there is no grooming or it's not like some yeah to see groom. it's not nepotism if I, you're not born to the patnaik family so it's not nepotism in that manner so uh, why do you shy away from uh, accepting it that in a manner he has groomed you he has groomed me to serve the people in the best possible way but he has always said the people of the state will decide who will succeed him and that is the stand which he always stands for he is very transparent that way if people of uh, the odisha wants a particular kind of leadership they will select it so and one goes with the flow no expectations do you have the support of the party or were the party or do you face a lot of uh, jealousy from the party because you're young you haven't done uh, you aren't born into a political family uh, they might see you as an upstart if i'm sorry to say this word but they might see you as an upstart who's come into politics recently actually i see bjd as a family there will be like even in brothers and sisters there will be some jealousy some anger some yeah, that's how i see and one should live with it but i get enormous love and affection from the party and the people uh, it's unbelievable sometimes inexplainable and that is that in, inexplicable thing which made me to jump into this hmm. so it's the people's love finally what matters right and the party respects people's love on that note thank you so much sir for being part of the podcast uh, you are a great storyteller and i'm quite uh, amazed that you never realized this and this is the first time uh, that you spoken on a television interview or on a podcast i i am complete i was completely unprepared so apologize apologize for if i have done any mistake Not at all. i spoke from my heart thank you so much thank, thank you. you thank you
Thank you for watching or listening to this edition of the NI podcast with Smita Prakash. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this. Namaste, Jai Hind.